Hello and welcome to another episode of the Apex Law Podcast. I'm Alexander Theo Harris. And I'm Peter Smith. And we have a special guest today. Peter, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, I would. Uh, we have Jessica Hickey sitting with us. She's the founder of 1029 Consulting, and she is a fabulous business consultant that's done uh, a myriad of different things. I know her for, well, for challenging sort of bias thinking uh, for me personally, uh, but she also does some, some general business consulting, and we have her on today to talk about that. Jessica, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Before we get too far into it, I do want to note that while Peter and I are attorneys, we're not your attorneys. If you need legal advice, we recommend you speak with competent legal counsel in your jurisdiction. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks, Alexander. So uh, tell us about the, you have a good story about the name of your company. Tell us about that. Well, when I formed the company, a lot of people uh, said, you need to name your company so people really understand what you do. And because not the whole world understands what a COO or chief operating officer might do, it, it was didn't make any sense to me. So I really sat and thought about, okay, if I'm doing this and I'm a, a COO helper for a company, I'm an extra pair of hands and I give time back to the CEO. And one day I was sitting there and it was 10.29 in the morning and I looked up and I said, holy crap, how am I gonna get this whole list done? And it was Eureka, that is the name of the company. 1029 Consulting. Mm-hmm. It's I love 10, it. It's 1029. You look and you're like, I got to call Jessica. <laughs> exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to get this <laughs> exactly. done. Yeah, How do you, I get this done? You're in that uh, good category with things like 7-Eleven where you, you, right. there's a time every day that's advertising just for you. That's right. And a date every year. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. And I suppose a year, 1029. I don't know what happened in that year. Maybe it wasn't very good. Uh, but so... I really like that, though, the idea that we've had people come and sit uh, on our podcast and say, oh, I'm outside CFO. Sometimes Alexander and I, look, we can be outside in-house counsel. And I I really like how you said that. You're almost like, I'm like a consultant COO. Mm -hmm. Fractional, if you will. You can take part of me, all of me, and I'll sit and do special projects or sit with you and look at all the projects, take care of how – when a CEO comes along and says, I don't have the brains or the hands – I need someone else to help get this done. So I work on the tactical side, but mm-hmm. you, know, you got to have a strategy before I can get into tactics. Right, and that is what you would call what you've told me in the past is your superpower. Mm-hmm. What, Trans- is, what is your superpower? Translating strategy to execution, really helping people look at you know where where are we going, what do we need to do, keeping them from being too aggressive on what they're trying to do. Strategic plans make everybody really excited for about forty five days. And then they all get tired and go back to what they're doing, what yeah. they were doing before. So uh, for the business owners listening out there, what Jessica's here to sort of educate you about is go have a strategic plan. Absolutely. It's a good idea. Make a plan. It's a good idea. But then when you're t- putting that into action, that's the hard part. Yeah. Be reasonable. Understand what your resources are. You don't have to do everything in 12 months. It might be some of the stuff you need to do might take longer than 12 months. Look at it longer than a year. Make sure that everything in your normal business operation is you can take care of while you're still reaching for your, your strategy and your strategic goals. So you work with a lot of CEOs. In your experience, are they better at the strategy side, or the execution side, or to be good, do they have to have a blend of both? To be, for me to be excellent, they have to be have a blend of both, and and the blend is not actually being good at the execution, but understanding that execution takes a lot more effort than you might think, and you got a lot of CEOs who are strategic thinkers. And execution is about details. I've worked with a CEO leader who's the most amazing strategic thinker I've ever seen, but you, you catch her with details and her eyes will cross and she runs down the hall away from you. 
<laughs> so, you know, it's it's all in how you're you're made up, but the strategic thinking is there. And I know her well enough to be able to translate that with her groups to get it done. And so for you know the, the listeners and they think about a strategic plan, I know a lot of business owners have a strategic plan and they try to do it in 30 days, not even 12 months. What are some tips? What are some advice? What, what do I set up for myself? What are the roadblocks I set for myself, right? Uh, so I don't zoom into the complete burnout. Well, part, mo- the big piece is having people understand what it is they aren't need to do, who owns it, are you having regular check-ins, do you know what those are, keeping the goals realistic and small. People say, oh, well, you know, we're going to do five or six things. Let's look at two or three. Prioritize. So a little prioritiz- mm-hmm. prioritization makes sense. And then the check-in thing, so maybe a rhythm to the plan. Right. A rhythm, a regular check-in. A mentor of mine once said, if you have something big to do, eat the elephant one bite at a time. Try to get your mouth around the whole thing (laughs) because you you can't chew it. So it's really around, so you try not to be aggressive. You assign owners. You set regular cadence of, of what you're doing, checking in talking about what challenges you're meeting. And then one of the things that people really don't take into account is, is there any change management that goes with this? That's the thing that's going to trip you up the fastest. And I've heard that before, change management. What what does that mean? So managing change, humans are extremely flexible, but hate to change. So, you know, I don't like, I like drive to work the same way every day. I don't want to change where I shop for my food. I don't want to change what color socks I wear, whatever that is. And and workplace change is really, really hard. So one of the things is that you want to take a look at why is this needed? What's the business reason for it? Helping people understand, you know, how you're going to support them through it and really staying actively involved in that communication. Mm-hmm. Sort of starting with the reasons behind it, mm-hmm. understanding your why, getting why this change, why now? really comfortable with that. And so for a little bit of context, I mean, workplace change is hard. It's not impossible, but it's hard. I heard a statistic once about health change mm-hmm. where you can, uh, they did a study about people who went to their doctor and the doctor would look them in the eye and say, do this or you will die by age blank, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, your, your eating habits, your lifestyle is very unhealthy. And the, the percentage of people who actually take that advice into it is like 10%. Mm-hmm. What's in it for me? It's too hard. It's work. Right. I don't know how. And in typical Western medicine, you see your doctor and then you check in six months from now, right? And you get seven minutes, right? And you get seven, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they're not in your ear saying, well, this is why, because you're going to mm-hmm. die. This is why, because mm-hmm. you're going to die. Or, or, you know, it's a little morbid. But yeah, yeah I think people get the, get the idea, though. Change is hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. And then, you know, a lot of sometimes there are changes that happen that, that people get really worried in a workplace setting. Am I going to lose my job? Do I have to learn something new that I can't do? Um, it, what's going to happen to me you know it's that what it's the reverse of what's in it for me is what's going to happen so do you have any tips or best practices for disseminating that strategy and, and how do you get people on board we have to look at your change in, in the change management strategy piece is looking at okay who are your sponsors who are your stakeholders one of the things is is in the people you want to know has there been a, a change lately and how successful is it there's a thing called change fatigue so how often do you change I mean, think about the government. They're always in change fatigue because the administration's turning over and turning over and turning over. Um, so you, it's looking at that, how ready are people for the change. Active 
communication about why all the time. There's lots of research to back up that the more successful the project is, the more the leadership has been involved actively in communication. One of the tricks is to find the people who are pretty good at change in your workplace. They might be the change evangelists. Yeah, let's try this. Let's do this. I'm up for it. And then find your neutrals that can easily switch to either the the brick throwers, who I'm not doing this, or yeah, okay, uh, you know, I'll reluctantly come in, come along, but I'm coming along. And then you have those who are against it, and you work on them first. Can Can you please go through the analogy of bricklaying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you so were mentioning this the earlier. Brick thrower. Yeah. Um, so you're building a wall, and the wall is change, and you have your bricklayers, and your your guys are doing the grout and laying the brick and carrying the brick around, and then you have the other people going standing over in the corner picking up pi- uh, bricks off the pile and throwing them at the wall because we don't want the wall. We don't want that wall. That's too much change. And I'm not referring to the wall that we know down in California. Right. No, this yeah. is this is your this metaphorical change wall. A metaphorical brick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brick wall. Yeah. How do I? Is it obvious? I feel like brick throwing is pretty obvious, but in, in practice, is it that obvious? Not always. Some people will. Um, the brick throwers will be pretty subtle. Yeah. Oh, that's not going to work. Oh, yeah, that's not. Oh, we've been through this before. That's not going to work. And it's that pervasive Eeyore kind of of cloud that follows them around. And they, oh, yeah, remember the last time we tried this or something like it? See how awful that was? People lost their jobs mm. or whatever happened. You know, so uh, though it's it can be really subtle. Or they just refuse to do what you want them to do that's different. So you've got this these the brick throwers. Mm-hmm. So these are the these are the folks who are throwing things at at, at your stuff. You got the people who are like, I, I see the change, I see why. Let's do this, and the people in the middle. So your advice would be to start with the brick throwers. Yeah, yeah. The change evangelists they're going to run with you. Right. And the people that are all in it, you don't have to do any work with them. So you start with the people who are against it, and you use your evangelists to talk to them too. Right. Hey, this is going to be great. Yeah, it's a little counterintuitive because most people will go to the people that, you know, are, are, are you with me? Right. You yes. want to preach to the choir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the choir can work for you if they sing to the rest of the congregation. Right. right? So can you give us some anecdotes about uh, your, your life and practice and how this has been going and changes that you've been able to affect? Sure. Well, in looking at when, when I'm looking at helping CEOs run businesses better, it can run from hey, you're spending money and nobody's telling you how that budget works. Have you ever thought about asking accounting for a report about that? And simple things like that um, that result in a lot of change. Uh, one, one CEO I worked with, we made that kind of change and we saved him six figures a year on internal projects mm-hmm. just because there was reporting against a budget. Little gaps like that. I find you know, what's awesome, I know. What's the gap, I don't know. Let's fill that. What do we What do we do with that? Uh, a lot of things that I do. So I'm a, kind of a process wonk, mm-hmm. but I'm not a hard, rigid process. Processes need to be simple. They need to be elegant. And so, really saying, okay, what's what's a process that's going along? Can we write along the back of that? Can or parts of it? How do you? One of the things that big mistakes that businesses make is they put a process in place and they leave it there. We've always done it this way, which it results in that you have to. People get sophisticated, and you have to take a look at processes. You have to establish those. I'm spending a lot of time in an HR group working on standard operating procedures and processes, and it's really interesting what they do and don't do, and how ad hoc can can just make take up time. It's and a lot of people say, oh, you know, I don't want to learn a process. But it processes make things work, but work better. And if you need to take a step out, take it out. 
It's yeah. Not, it's not carved in stone. <laughs> the the, uh, the Navy SEALs say discipline takes time to learn. I can't remember the exact quote, but discipline takes time to learn, but the discipline have more time. That's right. It's exactly right. The other one that's really pretty counterintuitive is you got to slow down to go fast. Yeah, right. And that's a lot of what I see in business is they're just running, 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 running. It's like, well, could you just stop for a second? Sit down. Let's talk about what direction you're running in because all of you are running around in a circle. Yeah, and man, and that's really the benefit of a counselor of any type. I mean, in our practice, Alexander and I, we we sit down with CEOs who are going a million miles an hour. These entrepreneurs are, you know, they're trying a million different things. They're going super fast, and it's our job to, to be like, hey, let's pump the brakes and make sure we don't cross any lines, yeah, right? Exactly. And you know, and I and I see a little bit of of the consulting that you provide, Jessica's like, you know, you're going so fast, you're missing this hole. Mm-hmm. Like the the accounting thing is great, right? If we just plug that hole, do you realize you? There's six, you know, six figures more here. If in we your just bottom line, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That you uh, ha- don't have to spend, yeah. In a past life, I used to do some process improvement work, and the the thing that was always the brick wall was somebody going, oh, well, that's just the way we do it. Five most dangerous lang- words in the English language, we've always done it that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how much trouble are you in for yeah. doing it like that? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know? right. But it was incredible, too, because it was a great flag of, hey, there's something here that definitely needs to be looked at, right? You know, you, you paratroop into one of these organizations, you look through what's going on, and there's a ton of stuff. But the the big red flag is someone going, ah, that's the way we do it. Why do you do it that way? I don't know. It's just what we do. Because we've always done it like yeah. that. Yeah. And there's a lot of, so one of the other things is, is you know, the, the uptick in the use of technology. And I was working with a, a company and they kept saying, oh, you know, we can use technology for this and we can automate this and automate that. And it's kind of like, um, don't make the process fit the tech. Make the tech fit the process. And so a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, technologies can solve all the problem. I'm like, not really. It could create some more. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not against technology at all, but don't make the tech, don't make the process fit the tech. The technology solution is also going to take three times longer than you expect it to take. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I, you know, the best way is figure out your process, you know, make your, go make your widgets, mm-hmm. do the thing that you do, and then use tech as a tool, right? It's not what you do. Right. Unless it is what you do, in which case this well, is a different Well, if you're a software developer, that's all that, yeah. <laughs> Right. But it's, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Bill Gates. It's like technology should only be a tool for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. The last piece is in working with CEOs in the, the, in the operations piece is, is I spend a lot of time looking at how organizations are structured. And I've looked at a lot of businesses that have grown really fast and now, and they may start to shrink. You know, our economy goes up and down. People grow, they shrink. What I do fits with, with either situation, but it's really about looking at the organization that, you know, how do processes run? Where do they run through? Do you have the right people in the right place? That whole comment, I don't know if it was Peter Drucker that said it first, right butt, right seat. Do you have people in the right place? And people are really reluctant to move people around. That's change. Obviously, but they're reluctant to move people and admit, no, you know, Joe over here really can't get this done. He's remarkable at this job, but not so much at the seat he's sitting in. So it's really, it becomes incumbent on me to make the recommendation. And sometimes they just breathe a sigh of relief to say, oh, yeah, the consultant said we should do this. Yeah. So you, you'd mentioned the right butt, right seat mm-hmm. and, you know, helping businesses try to figure that out. Well, how do I do that as a business owner? How do I, do you have any tips for me about breaking through that? Because you're right, it is so hard to move people around. It's like, well, you know, 
Amanda's been in this role for five years, and you think to yourself, would she be better in this other role? But then you just think, well, she's been doing this for five years. She knows it so well. How well, do you break that? You have to take the risk. I mean, you don't know that Amanda's really happy in what she's been doing, even though she's been doing it five years, because we will, as humans, endure a lot. Yeah. We will adapt to a lot. And it may be that you need to ask her and say, hey, I really need somebody to sit over here. I know you haven't done this. You've been doing what you've been doing for five years. Are you at all interested? Do you have the will to do this? There, now, there's a really great, for your listeners, there's a great um, resource. It's a book called Traction, which talks all about how to do this. Do they have the, the will, the capability? And then, you know, how do you, you move it around because the bottom line is you own the business. You're the CEO. The business has to run well. And if it's not running well because people aren't in the right seats, you have to make that change. Totally. Yeah. You're not the first person to recommend Traction. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the entrepreneur... Is that EO, EOS? EOS, yeah. It's the Entrepreneur Operating System. I think one of the takeaways from just you know having spoken with you this morning and just thinking through what it is you offer is, man, having a consultant just as a an outsider to, I'm going to say the words throw under the bus, is probably so helpful. It's really interesting because I don't get thrown under the bus much. I don't mean thrown yeah, under the yeah. bus, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, you know, I have to put Amanda in the right seat. I've never even asked her, do you like your job? Mm -hmm. It seems hard for me. We've got a great relationship. We're at least making money. Yes, we could be making more, but that's hard for me. It seems like that's a perfect time to like hire you. Yeah. And and I do that all the time. Hey, have you ever sh have have you ever had any interest in doing this over here? You know, your education points you at it. What what are you doing in this seat? Mm -hmm. So it's it's really the the it's really funny. I get offered jobs a lot. And I don't want one because I love being a consultant. And one of the things that I say, and in, in thank you very much, I'm honored you would ask. But if after six weeks, I wouldn't be the expert from out of town. And people, there's an advantage for that. There's an advantage for the CEO to have an, the expert from out of town come in and say, have you thought about doing this over here? Right. And we're, we're going to have you back on to talk about when to hire a consultant just in general and why. I think that'd be, that'd be great. But, this is, but that really is the nugget is that they're outside and you can use them for that objective look. So what do you say to CEOs who aren't sure if they're looking for a consultant or don't know that they need a consultant? Does everybody need a consultant? No, not everybody needs a consultant. They have good operating, good people that operate. And I come in and out. Uh, often, I mean, I have repeat clients and I come in and out. Part of it is is we're operating fine. Now we have to go to the next step. We're at a pivot. A lot of CEOs, are, if when they're not sure, it's because they don't know if they can let go. So it's how do how do I pry their hands off of this thing that they won't they can't get done? And is that a trust issue? Are they concerned that this is just going to run the wrong direction? They're the only one who has the vision to execute. It may be. It may be that they've never run into somebody like me. They don't. They don't understand what the concept of that COO, that operations expert, is for them. In some cases, operations means a certain thing, and no, I don't need help with that. It's all in how they interpret it. It's what I learned when I first started the business: is how do people look at operations? What? How do they define it? Yeah. And ran into one CEO that defined it as resource management. Says, I got that handled. Mm. Okay, great. Then you don't need me. And it, Alexander, it sounds, like, it sounds like change too, right? It sounds like yes. it's hard for even a CEO to make change. Oh, absolutely. Well, they're humans. Probably the hardest. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, no. They're humans, right? Right, they're humans. They're all part of this, they're part of this of paradigm. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Many of them are humans. Yeah. I love it. So Jessica, where can people find you if they are interested in chatting more about consultants and outside COOs? They can find me on LinkedIn at Jay Hickey. 
And they can reach me at email at jessica at 1029consulting.net. I do have a website. It's very minimal. They can go out there too. Love it. Peter, where can people find Apex Law? People can find us at apexlg.com. They can email us at contact at apexlg.com. And I'd like people to reach out. And if they have any ideas for the podcast, use that email, uh, contact at apexlg.com. Let us know. Sounds good. Jessica, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm Alexander Theo Harris. And I'm Peter Smith. Thanks for listening. 